on life that's what it's all about right here on go yard with mama mac every thursday night at six o'clock and here we are live in the radio station tonight it's our second edition of this new show and it is all about a new lease on life which we are talking about tonight with our resident expert dr angel Falzoni. Are you here, Angel? I am here. (laughs) Are you ready? We're going to have a great show, aren't we? Yes, I'm looking forward to it. It is. It's great. I love our new opening song by the group Mercy Me. That is a great song, a new lease on life. It's down with the old and up with the new. Who can't use a new lease on life? There you go. And isn't that what this show, Go Yard, is all about? For some of you who maybe didn't join us last week, let's explain our name. Go Yard has everything to do with hitting a home run in baseball. In fact, that is baseball slang that they use. They use it on Baseball Tonight a lot. They use it a lot. Go Yard means hitting it out of the park. And with so many issues in our lives, we aren't hitting balls out of the park. We are striking out time and time again with how to handle life's issues and problems. I think you could call this show, Dr. Falzoni, a counseling show, right? Absolutely. All right. And it's free, right? So uh, it's, it's better than going to a therapist. How about that? No, but we're excited about this topic. We started a topic last week because it's pertinent. It's in the news right now. Tell us what our topic is. Our topic is domestic violence. And Whoa. Big topic. <laughs> huge. It's a huge topic, and we can't begin to cover it in one or two shows. And it's just seemed like the this topic to start with because of everything going on in the news right now, don't you think? Oh, it is making major headlines. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the NFL and all their... Uh, issues with some of the different players i think this week there's like five that are being uh, looked at for domestic violence issues or suspended or whatever so there's a lot going on right now there is it's almost like every time you turn on the tv or hit the news you're hearing yes. about someone else and yes. it's sports it's hollywood it's you're hearing about it almost on a daily basis on a daily basis and one of the things we want to do as we start our second show here is to kind of recap for maybe some of our listeners who missed the first show and if they did miss the first show you can go to the tan talk website let me give you that and some of you in the tampa bay area may even want to go there now because we are live on webcam and you can see us right there on www.tantalk1340.com so it's a great connection tan talk 30 1340.com with the video which is nice and uh, this show is one that we welcome anyone to call in with their comments or their questions and we will do our best to field those answers <laughs> there you go baseball term catch them and uh and do something with them and so the local number is 727-441-3000 but we also have an 866 number that's a toll-free number i want to give you that if you have a pen you can write it down because you just might feel like calling in later on in the show or even early on and having a comment or question 1-866-826-1340 i'm going to give you that one more time if you're just now grabbing your pen locally 727-441-3000 and of course that number will work anywhere so also toll free number 866-826-1340 www.tantalk1340.com. That's all the stuff I needed to say right then, right? (laughs) Okay, that's a mouthful. Okay, let's have a little recap, Dr. Falzoni, about last week's show. And by the way, if anybody missed it, I want to give your credentials because you are a PhD and you are a licensed clinical or mental health counselor. I'll get it right here. L M. 
uh, HC. Yes, HC. And with a license number and all. So you are professional, and uh, we are so glad that you have agreed to do this show with me. Um, it's nice to have the voice of authority here with the credentials right there. So that's great. So let's just give a little recap, um, Dr. Falzoni, about last week, some of the things we talked about. We had some big words that we were throwing around for some people. We did. We were talking about bully. Yes. The heart of intimidation and where the bully is about intimidating. Right. And that was a bell ringer word last week. I it think. was a bell ringer word, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> bullying. Yes, it was. And you gave a definition. So you want to give that definition again if somebody missed that? Well, bullying is somebody who uses intimidation for power and control. Okay. If that's emotional, physical, financial, whatever realm that power and control is, that's what they use, intimidation. Exactly. Intimidation. So we talked about that. We talked about another bell ringer word. Oh, yes. Isolation. Isolation. There we go. That's a good one, too. Isolation. What is isolation? Would you define it? Would you explain it a little bit, doctor? Well, isolation, it's kind of self-explanatory in the term that it's being alone, but what it is is the process that a victimizer will use to separate his or her victim from their social support network. Take them from their family or friends or kids or whomever to get them by themselves. So they can do it strategically, one by one, making conflict or quarrel with these relationships so that you're feeling like these relationships aren't really your support. They can manipulate it. Or there's a lot geographically, sometimes they'll just move you away across the relationship. (laughs) Right. Yeah, just to isolate you from those that could be helping you and speaking truth to you. The bully, the victimizer does not want the victim to hear the voice of sanity. Would you agree with that? Not just the voice of sanity, but it's about power and numbers, what we talked about. And when you're alone, you're more vulnerable. Right. Definitely part of the process. Yes. If you're alone, you're more vulnerable. Absolutely. What else did we talk about last week? Well, we talked about relationship red flags. That was a big one. Then they're not just the after the fact red flags that we've been hearing so much on TV, which are really important. I don't want to dismiss them. But the before or the very early relationship red flags, the things that we usually miss because we have our rose colored glasses on in our relationship. Because we're love or... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or we're just uh, not willing to look at what is really going on. Or it could be that that relationship is still in its quote unquote honeymoon phase. Honeymoon phase. Yes. The relationship could be if it and it doesn't matter what kind of relationship. And I think that was really important that we highlighted that last week that this dynamic power and control dynamic can be in intimate partnerships, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, son, daughter, daughter, sister, sister, mother, child. I mean, it doesn't matter which two people it's just two people so this violence domestic violence also we said does not necessarily have a physical component to it not necessarily doesn't have to some people do not ever get have have a hand laid on them but yet they're a victim of domestic violence and i think that is a point that really needs to be stressed today because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word domestic violence, they think what we've just been seeing, the video of Ray Rice, they see somebody punching somebody. Yeah, that's the that's the face we think of when yes. we hear domestic violence. But behind that face is the emotional abuse and psychological abuse that happens way before, typically way before the physical abuse ever started. Right. There's financial abuse. So there's a lot of different types of domestic violence. You mentioned financial abuse last week, and I think a lot of people, doctor, do not think of that in a relationship as as even possible to be a part of domestic violence as a, as a whole. Well, and it can be because it can be definitely a way to gain power and control. When somebody right. controls the money in the relationship, that's a lot of power to have. And when they're not letting you have access to the money in a relationship, especially we're talking about husband, wife, or intimate partnership relationships, that... That's a major concern when you have to ask for money or you don't have access to bank accounts or you can't buy groceries or, you know, you're given a grocery list and that's all that you can come home with. I had a client that actually that was that was what happened to her. Oh, wow. And she bought something that was not on the list. It went back. He took it back to the store. Oh, my gosh. You know, we mentioned this allowance thing last week Mm -hmm. in marriages or in partnerships. And I had somebody text me after the show and say, so true, $30 a week. Whoa. 
I tell you, that just hit me, you know, right, you know, like, oh, my. And that person didn't amplify, just so true, $30 a week. And that's it. And they don't, it, we don't see that typically as domestic violence. Right, it's but not, it is. It's not the picturesque face that we see when we hear that word or think that word. It's, which makes it, I think, sometimes very dangerous because it, we are blinded to it. We just think this is some new normal and we accept it as normal and it's oh, okay. I like that. A new normal. Uh, you and I have discussed this a lot about how this kind of behavior that we associate with domestic violence when we understand that all these things we're talking about are part of that does become normal, quote unquote, for a lot of victims and that's one point I want to talk about. And the other point I want to talk about here is that every one of us are touched by this subject. And, and, yes. and we'll get back to that point in a minute. Let's go back to the new normal. Talk to me about that. Well, it's kind of like the frog and boiling water. I know a lot of us have heard this word picture used before but it's true and if you stick a frog in a pot of water when it's cool and nice he'll stay and if every hour you turn the temperature up that frog is going to get used to that water till it boils itself to death Ooh, frog in the water the frog in the water is so much of what happens with the domestic yes. violence because yes. it usually starts small and slow and right. it starts with the emotional or the psychological and then there's a lot of setting you up and grooming you before the process and during the process in the beginning to where you accept this as normal, and as it changes and grows, it becomes the new normal, the new normal till it's a comfort zone. And believe it or not, people who are in, some people in domestic violent relations are comfortable because that's what they know. This brings me to Meredith Vieira, because you and I both listened to her last week. They had her on the Today Show. Actually, I think they did a clip of her show, the Meredith Vieira Show. And she, her first relationship was a domestic violence situation. Let's hear a clip from her, from What's Meredith. Going on? I'm a smart woman. A lot of people say, well, who would stay in that situation? Somebody who maybe doesn't have the wherewithal to get out, the means to get out. I had that. I had a job at the time. And I kept in this relationship, and I've done a lot of thinking about why, and I think part of it was fear. Uh, I was scared of him, and scared if I tried to leave, something worse could happen to me. Part of it was guilt, because every time we'd have a fight, he would then start crying and say, I promise I won't do it again, and I would feel like maybe I contributed somehow to this, and they, they're saying this about Ray Rice's wife, you know, that, you know, takes two to tango. Um, and then there was the night that uh, I we shared an apartment, and he threw me into a um, shower naked in scalding water. And then he threw me outside into the hallway. We lived in an apartment building, and I hid in a stairwell for two hours until he came again crying and said, I promise I won't do this again. And I continued to stay. Whoa, that couldn't have been a better clip for what we're talking about. Thank you, Meredith Vieira, for that insight. Wow. I think the beginning of that, she said that it started with twisting her arm then pushing her shoving her and then that that story oh wow go ahead but that is amazing to me the new normal it becomes so kind of well this is the way life is right it does and you know like we talked about last week that the victimizer uses the psychological manipulation to actually make themselves look like the victim and the she victim feels sorry for them she just said this then he starts crying this amazes me but i have been around it enough by counseling myself and being around family members that the victimizer generally speaking when he's caught red-handed in the actual you know bullying scene or whatever he's doing the screaming the yelling whatever it is or the pushing the shoving ends up crying like a baby these great big guys crying and well good point well actually what that leads into is the cycle of abuse and okay this there's a cycle that happens Let's if it's emotional physical whatever type of power and control and it doesn't necessarily have to go all the way to the abuse stage it's part of the power and control cycle and the repeated the repetition of the cycle is what reinforces the abuse and keeps the the cycle that just keeps going and going. So the, the cycle will start out in the honeymoon. In the beginning of the relationship, everything is great. Um, take notes, folks. In fact, if you take a second and run, get a piece of paper and write this stuff down. Because everybody needs this cycle of abuse. And I'm glad we got to that. And Meredith really does explain that in her story, you know. Well, and it's the cycle of 
the relationship, it's a cycle of each abuse encounter. It's a cycle that can happen over a period of months, years. It can happen four or five times in a day. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So it's definitely very cyclic. Okay. And that's what reinforces this behavior and leaves the victim to feel like they just they're helpless to get out. Right. And so it starts with the honeymoon. Everything's great. Define Everything's, the honeymoon. The honeymoon. Not oh, just it's come on. The honeymoon is the best. Oh, right. The relationship's strong. It's growing fast. It's feeling intimate. If it's a friendship, whatever it is, it's good. When it's good, it's really good. A lot of texting. In our electronic age, wouldn't you say there's a lot of texting in the honeymoon phase? There is. There is. <laughs> and when it's good, it's really good. And then we have the calm where it's 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 just calm. It's that nothing's good, nothing's bad. It's just kind of this wave of calm. And then the tension starts to build. And as the tension builds, then we'll have it get increasingly build until there's some kind of incident or acting out or emotional or financial or some kind of something in that power and control will happens and then we go back to the honeymoon stage where it's oh my gosh i'm so sorry this will never happen or if you only mm. and or, now this big guy's crying you and, and whatever yeah. or whatever whoever right and that's the thing i really want to enforce it's not just just men men it is not no women can be just as abusive and controlling and just as much of a victimizer as a as a man as a male and that's definitely something to to keep note of because i think society has kind of given us those images of a the male role as the only victimizer we're accustomed to only looking for victimizers in that male role and there's a lot of female ones there are there are I, i mentioned last week about somebody i knew that used a skillet a frying pan very well against her husband straight across the face a, a few times uh that's that's definitely a victimizer i don't care what the sex sex is of that person that's a victimizer absolutely it is and so the cycle just keeps repeating and so when it hits that honeymoon after the incident whatever the incident was you know it's good so this is a relationship that when it's good it's really good and when it's not it's really not yeah Absolutely. So you got, let's let's talk about them again. Some people may be wanting to write them down. Starts with that honeymoon stage where everything's perfect. Then there's just a kind of a normal, calm period of time. But then the tensions begin to multiply. Now, I, the, the type of person who becomes a victimizer, let's talk about what is causing those tensions. What's going on in the victimizer? The, and the victimizer, by the way, everyone, is the one who is doing the damage, okay? The victim is the one who's receiving it, okay? Everybody understands the difference. But let's talk about the victimizer. What's going on in that person that's starting to cause these tensions to rise, it can be a myriad of things. Okay. It's not just one thing. It can be a host of things that happen. And it can be things from their own um, past or their own history. Right. Um, triggers. It could be just a learned behavior they learn from watching someone else do that somewhere else in their life. Like a parent. Like a parent or anybody else in their life. Um, if, you, if a daughter sees her mother being extremely manipulative and abusive to the husband, etc., and always causing problems, screaming, yelling, da-da-da, the t- tendency is for that daughter to be that way, too. And well, she has more vulnerability to be that way. Absolutely, right, more she vulnerability. Does. And so, and it can be that the victimizer has issues with fearful avoidant attachment style. Uh-huh, have, wait a minute, back up. Say that slow. Fearful avoidant Go on. Attachment style. Attachment style. Fearful, avoidant, attachment style of behavior. You're going to have to break that down for our listeners. Well, basically what it means is that they want to attach and be close and intimate in relationships, but they're afraid of it. So you kind of get this, I need it, I want it, but I can't have it. And so the abuse happens when they're pushing it. And then the honeymoon is when they're pulling it. And it's this complete push-pull cycle. Yeah. And so they avoid it. And these people, the victimizers, generally speaking, are not real good at working through a problem, right? Oh, no. Power and control is at the heart. (laughs) Power and control are at the heart. So they can't just sit down like two uh, mature adults and say, yeah, I did. Yeah, I see how you interpreted that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I Forgive me for that. That doesn't happen very much. The communication is, is weird. Communication can be is actually really broken down in relationships broken down. because yes. you're a lot of times you're afraid to talk with 
the victimizer about oh, certain things. Absolutely. You may feel like you're walking on eggshells that time because you're you're not sure what you're going to get walking into the day into your life that day and so communication is definitely um, conflict resolution is unhealthy uh, because it's done through power and control a lot of the times okay explain that how it's done through power and control because let me just give you a, a scenario two people start a new relationship everything's going good and then suddenly one of them says you know i i sense that there's something wrong here there's tension what's going on here i'm feeling this and what would a typical victimizer say to that person well a lot of times it's projection of blame onto the person who brings right. it right that's the point i wanted you to make <laughs> you did that you fell right into my trap and, and they transfer the blame oh well yes if you would just if you would just xyz fill in the blank if you would just behave this way i wouldn't feel this tension says the victimizer right Absolutely. or i wouldn't be upset with you you know but it's because you reacted like this or you bought things at the grocery I told you not to buy or or whatever fill in the blank and it doesn't have to be a partnership relationship it can be a friendship it can be you know mother to daughter father to son whatever type of relationship so that fill in the blank can mean a whole lot in between and the victim let's say sits there and says I I just want to talk this out Okay, I'm kind of role-playing with you. Can you tell, <laughs> Dr. Falzoni? I, and and the, the victim is going, I, I just want to, I just know what, it, what what happened. What did I do? What upset you? And in, it's been my experience, counseling and just, you know, with family members, that the victim usually wants to know what they did wrong. Yes, because they're conditioned, they're conditioned. through the cycle over and over, like a right. brainwashing, to believe that they can control this and make this go away if they could just. Yes, fill in the blank and the victimizer will control them and then we have the social and society aspects that will continue to put that into their psyche meaning um, they might confide in a parent or a friend or somebody else saying oh my gosh this is going on and oh well that person can't be like that we've never seen that kind of behavior yes further making the victim feel like it is all their fault and I'm crazy because I'm the only one who sees this and feels this and nobody else in my social world can see or feel and a big part of that from things i've observed in a lot of different family situations and just people i know is that the the victim here is kind of insecure perhaps and not sure that they're seeing it correctly and they've had this pumped into them from the victimizer that it's really you you're the problem and so when they're close social network, family, friends, work buddies, whoever, drop the idea, you know, he's not like that, or she's not like that. What's wrong with you? You're you're really picking on him. Quit picking on him. He's a sweet, decent guy. You know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, not only a lot of times will they not see the negative, because a lot of times victimizers are extremely charming, friendship charming. or whatever, and charming. people see that side of that person. And right. so the social supports may not see it. And they might say, well, what are you doing? You must be doing something. And what that does to the victim is basically shut them down. Well, it reinforces that I'm bad. Right. I'm messing this up. And what do I do? And it's all me, 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 instead of where the problem really lies. Right. So they take it on themselves. And that we talked last week about tapes that begin to play in your head. Mm Okay, And I thought that was an excellent point from last week's show. And a lot of people don't understand what that means or how that happens. You want to talk about tape formation in your your brain, Dr. Falzoni? (laughs) Tape Tape formation. It's kind of a metaphor. But what happens is as we live life, people that we come encounter with, they write, they give us messages, positive messages, negative messages, all kinds of messages. And they become tapes. Our brains are like computers and they store every bit of that information. Okay. And so when we get bombarded with especially negative, which is easier for our brain to compartmentalize for whatever reason. Right. Um, we start, we hear it from other people, and then our brain has its own tapes written, meaning it's going to keep playing it even when they've stopped saying the words. Right. So now the victimizer doesn't have to say you're no good if you only. The victim will say to him or herself, I am no good if I only. Wow. That's how it happens. So, and those two, let's, let's uh, break those down. You're no good. Okay, that is a common 
uh, message that the victimizer is giving to the victim all the time. You didn't do this right. Oh, look how you folded that laundry. Oh, why why can't you just do this the way I want it done? Why can't you ever be there to be what I need? Blah, 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 blah. Okay? So that's that all the time putting them down, putting them down. And then uh, often that sentence that we're talking about, and we were last week where we are again now, if you would only talk more about that concept. Well, the if you would only is just self-blame, and it's making the person who's a victim continually to blame and take responsibility for something that's not his or hers to take responsibility right. for. Okay, so then the victim's brain starts processing that and going, this is my fault my fault and I'm no good and a lot of times the messages go oh you've hurt me so bad you've devastated me I love you so much why can't you just give me the love that I give you and so you're such a villain and you're the victim right and family and society and work buddies and other people around you can often really make that worse because they've only seen the charming side of Prince Charming. Well, it's kind of like an iceberg. You know, we only get to see 10% of what comes out of the water on the iceberg. So when we are shown in public or with other people, we're only seeing the tip of that whatever relationship that is. And underneath, there is a whole lot more. And so when we present to someone else, they may have no idea. They may not see it. But they will a lot of times project judgment because, you know, as humans, we like to be giving judgment to others because it makes us feel better right and that's a whole other show but even in even in the church and I even had um, one client who went to church council and said this was going on and it was physical abuse and the church council said that she didn't have a biblical reason to leave right and there now we added on I have no social support I'm the bad guy, and now God or the higher power or whoever is going to be angry and mad at me and totally. We're going to come back to that point in just a minute. I want to give these phone numbers again and tell you that you're listening to a brand new show. This is our second week, and it's Go Yard with Mama Mac. And I'm Mama Mac, and a.k.a. Marsha McAllister, but kind of like that name that my uh, daughters-in-law have given me and some others around me. So we're going to go with that name, Go Yard with Mama Mac. And my featured resident expert is Dr. Angel Falzoni with a Ph.D in counseling and licensed uh, mental health counselor. We're also going to have from time to time other counselors maybe calling in with comments. That would be great. Speaking of calling in, we want you to do that if you want to. You can call in if you're, I'll give our local number, which will work anywhere, uh, 727-441-3000, or you can write this number down. It's a toll-free number, 866 826 one three four zero and you can call in even now we're on till seven o'clock our time so we've got another 25 minutes of time for you to formulate a question or a comment and call in and we'll be happy to talk to you on the air 1-866-826-1340 this radio show was built from a desire on my part and yours dr falsoni to expose if you will some of the um the the hurt and the problems going on in so many relationships that don't get addressed that get glossed over and this will be a this will be a in your face type show because we're going to talk about the nitty-gritty things we're not just going to tackle domestic violence in the weeks ahead we will be tackling a lot of topics addictions um, all kinds of things. How to raise kids. You're a mother of three teenage boys. I'm a mother, grandmother, and a great-grandmother, uh, which is uh, something that, mm, okay. Anyway, but I am. And so we have a life experience plus what we've done for a long time with counseling. So uh, we want to share that life experience with our audience and hopefully have some people walk away from our show saying, hey, you need to tune into that next week or go to the podcast on the www.tantalk1340.com website. You can listen to last week's show. It's there. And um, so that's all good. So um, back to this point that we were talking about just a minute ago, just the way so often, doctor, that that the victimizer gets by with their behavior because nobody wants to be 
confrontive or telling that person, hey, that's not any way to behave. You know, they just kind of, um, they get, the, the relationship gets lulled into a false sense of, this is the way it is, I guess, that, that, that new normal you were talking about. The new normal, and it becomes a place of safety and security. Yeah, it really does. Um, and so here we are with the people that, that should be really giving us input and really helping us get over a situation or, or figure out what's going on. For instance, a pastor, a, a, a social worker, somebody that has more experience. But so often the church in its uh, traditions— will say, oh, well, you married the guy. You're, you're, that's, you got to stay. That's, there's no, no, no way out for you. You just, whatever he wants you to do, you do it. Or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. You've had to deal with that with some clients, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have. And it really makes it challenging for them. Right. It really does. And they're not sure what to do or how to get out of a situation because, after all, the pastor said, you married the guy. You need to stay there. Or somebody of power. Right, or somebody of power. Said that, and which further just reinforces the cycle of abuse right, and the shame and all that stuff that goes with it for the victim. Right. So we're talking about this wheel, the cycle of abuse. We talked about the honeymoon stage. We talked about the calm before the storm. And then the tensions begin to rise, and then there is an outburst of some kind. Talk to us about that and what you've heard for years in your practice, et cetera, with the outburst aspect of it. Well, the outburst, that's just it. There's no typical. And so I think what, you know, we as humans, we really just need this formula. We need this typical. We need X, Y, Z, one, two, three, you know, and that it doesn't always, it doesn't work that way. There's no typical. No. And so we have to look for the That's atypical. an interesting point. There's no typical. There is it no can t- be very varied variety of, of examples of things that can happen in a relationship when it escalates to physical abuse, to locking Even. somebody in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that in counseling. People are locked in a room. A spouse is locked in a room and kept there until the person agrees to do whatever the victimizer wants. It can go to a lot of degrees. It can get very dangerous, and that is why there are legal help out there. Exactly. You watch uh, the TV show Snapped. I mean, a lot of that is domestic violence to the the extreme degree. Exactly. Okay. So for the person out there today who's going, okay, you're talking about this. I'm living in it. I'm not sure what to do about it. Um, when When they feel the tension rising, okay, now we're in this cycle of abuse, and it's been calm, and it's been sweet, and everything, and now the tension's rising, and they know it's about to blow. Do you have any advice for them, Dr. Falzoni, about what to do if they happen to be listening tonight, and they know it's about to blow in their situation, whatever? Well, if they feel unsafe, they need to leave and get somewhere safe. Yes. Um, However, confronting the abuser should not happen during the tension rising or blowing stage and shouldn't happen alone. Right. Um, depending on the degree. That, of oh, the that's abuse. a good point. Yes. Because abuse happens in isolation. Abuse cannot be dealt with in isolation. Right. Um, and so oh, whatever. Okay. Say that, that again. Wait a minute. That <laughs> is a very important, important point about isolation. Abuse happens in isolation, but can't be dealt with in isolation. That's profound. Tell me about that. Well, the isolation is what feeds the cycle of abuse. So when we keep it in isolation, then we can't confront it and get the help. Okay. Is there a caller on the line, Chris? All right. Tell us. We're not, uh, yeah. Hey, caller. Becky, are you there? Yes. Hey, Becky. Hi, Mama Mac. Hey, how are you? I'm good. When you were talking about how people will tell you, you're not good enough. You're yes. not good enough. Well, there's the opposite part of that, which is they don't appreciate you. Right. Absolutely. Which, which keeps you pulled into them, which gives them the power to chase away all of the people that you're in contact with. Right. And then you lose your outside world, and it's another part of them controlling you. Exactly. 
That is exactly right, that lack of appreciation, because they don't see you for all your merit and all the good qualities that they ha- that you have. They're seeing the ways you don't measure up in their eyes. Right, and they want to control you. So the best way to control you is to eliminate all the other people in your life. Yes, yes. All right, thank you. Well, thank thank you. you for calling in, Becky. We agree with that very much. Um, this you let's let's talk about that. So the tension's rising, the outburst is coming, and you know it is. You can feel it in your gut. I've been there, so I know what that feels like when it's rising, and you know there's going to be something bad happen. Okay, what would you tell a, a listener right now that has had this happen, or is maybe at that point right this moment? You need help. Okay, you cannot do this alone. But they think they can. But we cannot. <laughs> Why do they think they can? Or, yes. Because of the shame. I think okay. there's a lot of shame associated with, you know, any type of domestic violence, even the um, psychological or emotional aspects. Yes. Even if it never leaves that stage, there is a lot of shame and they feel like they've been had. Right. Um, they've been suckered. Um, so once they kind of have their eyes, the scales kind of start leaving their eyes and they can start seeing things. Right. It, it can be kind of devastating and a blow to our own ego. I was, how did I get myself here? And I can't let anybody know so they, I'm here. They, they isolate even more themselves. They, they isolate is- that aspect of themselves yeah. very much. They don't want to talk about it because they don't want anybody to know that they found this person who's doing this to them. And I think a lot of times the victim thinks they're not going to be believed anyway. A lot of times they're not believed. Right. And sometimes they are. But it, it. I think a lot of it, I don't know that they're consciously saying, I don't know if anyone's going to believe me. I think some do. But I think most of it is, is that internalized shame, that they right. internalize the shame. Okay. Um, a, a lot of times when it comes to abuse in a family situation, you have the bully, whoever that is, and then you have more than one victim. You may have children. Absolutely. Okay. Um, You and I are parents. We have heard this in our counseling experience of so many families where the children feel beaten down by the bully, whether it's the mom or the dad, whoever the bully is. Or it could be one of the siblings in the family. Yes, it could be. Yeah, it could be an older child that's that's abusing. And the, the children, it really affects. This is not just a problem between... Uh, the let's say let's go traditional husband wife or girlfriend boyfriend or partners and it, it's not just between the adults that's the point I'm trying to make not at all not at all and I think that's where it gets so blindsided because when it's in a non-traditional or a way that society doesn't show us those pictures on TV they show us right. the husband wife or boyfriend girlfriend that we don't even say look at it and say this is domestic violence I mean I know right. a person who's mother the matriarch of the family is very much manipulates the yes, family and yes if a sibling talked to another sibling that's it they're cut out they're gone it's emotional and psychological wow. abuse whoa wow doesn't matter how old they are no. i've known i've known people like this too bullies that are in their 80s and 90s and so it does not make any difference it's their way or the highway and they're going to make everybody miserable if they don't go along with the way they want this thing to happen you know to get the power and control it's power and control power and control And even when they get the power and control you're still riding in their cycle because it's not enough it's, it's not never enough. enough it's never enough power and control um if you want to call in you can do it right now 866-826-1340 we'd love to hear from you and your comment locally 727-441-3000 the mother let's say that stays in a very abusive situation whether there's physical violence or not let's say you've got the components of emotional violence the yelling the screaming the name calling the uh, absolute degradation of name calling that a lot of women in particular put up with but it can be men too Um, the, the person that is living in that and doesn't have the strength emotional strength physical strength maybe, or financial strength to get out. Um, what message is that sending to that those children in that home? Well, it's teaching them behaviors. They're learning by observing. Okay. Um, learning by observing. They may learn like to that. be the victim. Right. 
they may learn to be the victimizer. Right. Because they're learning something from that situation. Right. So it's whoever they may identify with, they may learn to, to, that's how the role I take. I need to find someone who will belittle me and berate me and put me down because that's what they're used to. Or they may become the aggressor. Right. And I've seen situations where the teenage son becomes so much like the father, you can hardly tell them apart in their behavior and their attitudes and, and their comments. And, and even to the extent of calling the mother, let's say, bad names, whatever, and, and just really being very, very abusive. And so many times parents think, well, he'll come out of that or she'll come out of that, that, that rebellious daughter will quit doing that on down the line you know what i mean i see it a lot um, yeah you deal with this a lot in your i do profession. see with this a lot and i see a lot of teenage children boys or girls it doesn't matter where they will physically or very verbally be aggressive toward a parent or caregiver aunt uncle grandparent whoever is above them and that person wants to make excuses for them because they don't want to ruin their chances for college there you go i've seen mothers beaten down by daughters or sons and they would never press a charge because they may not be able to get into the college that they want them to get into or what would people think I'm responsible. I raised this child. This I created this. I couldn't let anybody know. And it's another shame on all. It's another, another shame. Level. Another level. But what would you say to a parent like that, Dr. Falzoni? You are the one. You, you do this on a daily basis, full time. You deal with parents and children and your, your practice and everything. You, this is your experience. And you're the mother of three teenage boys. Yes, and I would say what you feed grows and what you starve dies, and so... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. Say that one more time so I can get ready to hear get my bell. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. Woo! What you feed grows, what you starve dies. Explain that for our listening so audience. when you feed the silence and the domestic abuse, you're going to grow it because it needs silence and isolation. And when we start putting some lights on what's going on is when help can be attained. That's what this show is all about. And it's a, it's a, you know, a passion for you and I both to get the truth out on the different issues we're going to cover on this show in the, in the months and years ahead. We want to be on cutting edge right there on the front of these topics and say there is a way out of this. You don't have to live like this. There's always a way out. But to the, let's say to the beaten down spouse right now or girlfriend or boyfriend of somebody who is absolutely doing this cycle of abuse, honeymoon stage and then calm and then the tension begins to build and then the explosion, what do you say to them to give them hope or, or tell, instruction maybe? What should they do? They need to get help. They, they need, need to get, get support. Help. They okay. need social support, professional support. Right. They need help. Okay. You know, it's not put okay light on just it. Keep Call doing it what it is. Put no. light on it. I like that. Wait yes. a minute. That's a bell ringer right there. Put, put the light, light on it. it. Put the light on it. Yeah. Isn't that how they find lice in people's heads? In yeah, the they find all kinds of nasty <laughs> stuff that way. <laughs> they put a light on it. Yeah. And what we put a light on is what we're exposing. And when we expose it, then right. we can start getting help for it and dealing with it. Exactly. But because it is, for so many people, a shame to them they don't want to expose it and they don't want to get the help so they keep going around the same mountain over and over again so they exist they don't live they exist they exist instead of thriving and dealing with life and all the the, the issues they could be so much more think of the, the person who deals with this gets help gets therapy gets help for their children whatever and five years from now they're out of that abusive situation or a year from now or six months from now and they're living in calm and peace and nobody raises their voice and and Everybody is happy. We got a caller on the line. Who are you? We've got Alan in Illinois. Alan in Illinois. How are you, Alan? Good. Good. Got a question for the doctor. Please go right ahead. She will answer. So I've um, married for 20 years to a very abusive woman who's bipolar. And uh, when I got a divorce, um, even at the urging of the children, because it was so bad, they said, you've got to leave, you've got to leave her, she's crazy. Since then, she would control everyone so much that everyone was afraid of her. All family members wouldn't confront her because they were scared to death of her. Now she's turning the kids against me and manipulating them to the point that 
they don't want to talk to me because when you're when you're against her, then you're shunned and you're not allowed to talk to that person anymore. And so oh, wow. she has got them to the point now, even though at, the, at one time they saw it and they did not, they, they said, get out, Dad, get out. Now it's, it's me. <laughs> and wow. won't even talk to me. So I don't know how you mend a relationship with a child that has got their mind totally warped from someone else. I don't wow. know. Definitely tough, definitely a tough situation, and it's starting to sound like that has some of the um, warnings of parent alienation syndrome. Have you heard of that before? No. And that's kind of exactly what you've explained to me, where a and, and it's part of the domestic violence cycle, but you're also mixing it with mental illness, so it kind of really amplifies it. Um, but it's where they are using the children to alienate you by manipulation, and, um, you know, you can get professional help. A lot of states have laws against it. Um, I against would def- par- parental it, alienation? It, yes. It, okay. Uh, I know our state, Florida, has laws and rules really? on the book. And okay. there is legal and psychological help for that for your children and you. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any advice for this gentleman as far as how to restore that communication? All you can do is be real and authentic with the communication you get and don't go on the defense. Don't. That won't help. That will continue to feed. So just enjoy what you get, and I would definitely seek legal and professional help in that situation. Okay. Yeah, it's probably made it worse by sometimes falling into the trap of saying, you realize who you're sounding like right now? (laughs) Yeah, that's that feeding and starving principle. And so enjoy the kids. Keep it it on you and keep it on them when you have time together. And Use your legal and, and professional help to look at that because it definitely has some indicators of something a lot more serious going on. Parental alienation. Okay, thank you, Alan, for calling right. in. That's very Thank you. All right. And Dr. Fazzoni, I really believe that this whole set that we're talking about domestic violence is serious, so serious. When you have a family that's having something like this man just described, this is affected you know, the abuser in this case was the wife, if yes. I heard him correctly. Yes. Okay. And so at the, the kids say, get a divorce, get a divorce. And he does that because he's miserable and they're miserable and he thinks this will get better. But the person who is the abuser is genuinely extremely manipulative. You said that word. And and I, I, wanna, I want you to bring that back, that principle again about the manipulation. Well, manipulation is definitely a the heart and key in abusive cycle. And he's compacting it with a situation of mental illness, bipolar right. disorder. There could be other You, you described that as disorders. Bi- you think that's he bipolar? He said bipolar oh, did, disorder. Oh, that's right. Okay. And there could be other co-disorders right. going personality, and which really amplifies all of that. Right. And so that makes a very tough situation. And I just want to thank him for calling because that's very brave to call in. I know it's a very challenging thing for a man to call in and say, I've been here and I've experienced that. And thank you. And I hope that encourages other men as well to put some light on it. Absolutely. Because so often a man in in particular probably doesn't want to admit that because it makes them look, it makes them look weak. It does. Well, they, Think that it does. Or they think it does. It doesn't at all. Makes them, makes them, you know, able to face. Makes them human. Right. Makes them human. Okay. So the cycle of abuse, if you tuned in late to Go Yard today, we have been talking about domestic violence and we have our second show almost complete. Can't believe it already on this topic. And cycle of abuse starts with a honeymoon stage with people where everything's just great. It's wonderful. You couldn't be happier. And then you just kind of lull into a calm, but then the tensions begin to rise. And you know, if you're the victim, that pretty soon that person's going to blow. They're going to be mad about something. You can't, I've always said this, and and correct me if I'm wrong, it's the damned if you do, damned if you don't syndrome. It is. You can't win. And that's just it with that whole cycle. You can never give enough, be enough, do enough. You cannot end it within yourself. And that is why it has nothing to do with the victim it has right. everything to do with the victimizer getting help for the power and control right and whatever underlies those behaviors and the victims got to get help so that they can get stronger 
Yes, and recognize it because there was something in that victimizer that attracted the victim to them. It was feeding something that they had a need for okay. to attract them in that relationship, right. keep them in that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that through the years that the victim, uh, it was drawn to that person, that personality for some reason. A lot of times they have very charismatic personalities. Oh, they're yeah. very outgoing. They're... Um, they present like very well and right. they're attractive. I mean, <laughs> if domestic violence came in an ugly package. Right. But it doesn't at yes. all. So absolutely. Wow. It's it's interesting to me. Do we have another caller? Chris? Yeah, I think, I think we have time for one more call. We have D in North Carolina online. All right. That's fine. Hey, D, how are you? I'm good. Um, I just want to say I really love the show. Um, I have recently dealt with some pretty bad parental abuse myself. Wow. And, um, a very, I have a mother who is borderline personality. Oh, boy. Um, and I had to completely cut it off. It's been a year. Yeah. They, I was disowned, you know, and it's been a year. And I haven't allowed, I've even blocked my phone so it can continue because she always tried to continue it. Yes. And um, I blocked the phone and did everything. We live in the same town, so it's hard, but um, definitely once you start cutting things off, you start feeling so much more peace in Amen. your life. Amen. You're right, Dee. Good point. When you set the boundaries and, and strong boundaries, it, and sometimes it takes putting blocks on your phones and sometimes changing where you go grocery shopping and... And when you're in the same town and not being addicted to your phone to 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 read the text that the victimizer is constantly loop, wanting to loop you back in so <laughs> right. yeah but by taking it to where they didn't have that ability to call and text yes was a really that's probably a number one step i would think because if you're gonna cut it off you cut it all off because most people even if they still get that text they're going to just see what they have to say and it's still sort of a way of controlling. It's, it is a way of controlling. It's not sort of a way of controlling. <laughs> and you made a great point. That is great, Dee. I'm getting the signal, and we've, uh, we're about to wrap up here. And thank you for calling, Dee. And maybe you can call back next week or another time, and we can have more time to talk with you about that situation. Right. Thank you. But thank thanks you. for calling. All right, this has been Go Yard, our second show, and we're excited. My resident expert is Dr. Angel Falzoni, Ph.D. and licensed mental health counselor, and uh, deals with this on a daily basis in your career. And uh, so we really appreciate your expertise, and uh, people can access you, and we'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead, how they can reach you in the Tampa Bay area, and we'll give that an email or something at a later time. So did you have a final word? A final word before we right go there. off the air is if you're finding yourself in a situation with domestic abuse and you live in the Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area, call 211 for help. And if you live in another area, there's help all over the place, your local police department or online. Get Check help. your resources. Get, Get help. help. And tune in next week for our third show on this topic, Go Yard, with Mama Mac and Dr. Angel Falzoni. God bless you. Have a great week, everyone. And uh, let's make some progress in this area. All right. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.